Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Alan Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Hi, just interrupting the start of this podcast to let you know that I've split the interview I did with Simon Rumley about his 2010 film, Red, White and Blue, into two separate podcasts. So you're now listening to one of two. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today we've got a special Halloween show, and I've got Simon Rumley in the house. Hello. Quite literally. In the house. Yeah. In the, in the living room. In the living room of my house. Um, I'm loving this novelty of having people in the room while I talk to them, as opposed to this discombobulated voice that comes over Skype and we talk and I look at my laptop screen. Um, it's quite nice. Um, but we've not come to talk about my existential crisis of talking to people. Um, we're come to talk about your 2000 and... T- what, what year would you say? Um, well, I shot it in 2009, and then it, I guess it came out 2010, 2011. So t- was it 2011 Fright Fest that I'd seen it? Um, no, that would have been 2010, because we, we premiered in Rotterdam and South by Southwest so in 2010. So that, it was very much you know, on, on the circuit in 2010, so Fright okay. Fest would have So you're from red, white and blue, I should, I should say. So before we go into any detail about it, mm. and talk about creating that film, and I, I should add, there will be spoilers. We're not going to apologise for that. This is about looking back on a favourite film of mine. Um, do you want to give us a brief synopsis as you see Red, White and Blue? Um, well, I guess I've always described it as a story about three people who meet and come to a crossroads in their lives and, and how their interaction with each other affects them forever. Mm. Um, I, I know when we first tried doing uh, you know that, that kind of... The, the 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 synopsis of the film was actually quite hard, so that that was our kind of deliberately um, slightly obscure, um, I suppose, explanation. And of course, it's set in Austin, Texas, which which plays into the to the title um, to an extent and and gives the film its atmosphere. But yeah, it's it's about it's about three people, um, three good people doing bad things, but almost by mistake, really. And. And people listening will notice that you're not from Austin, Texas. That's right. <laughs> but watching the film, it, it, it feels like a, a very real, awful slice of life mm. in Texas. So what, what, where do you start with a story you're going to set in Texas as a, as a writer first? Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm from Tumbridge Wells, Royal Tumbridge Wells originally, so quite a, quite a far cry from Texas. Mm. And indeed Austin. Um, well, I, I'd been to Texas. Oh, well, I'd been to um, Austin before with my film *The Living and the Dead* in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I think I'd been to it once before for a few days, but I spent a week there, and and 
and it's quite different from how it is now. And and it really was that kind of Americana that we we well I grew up kind of thinking about and watching in in Wim Wenders films and you know rock and roll films and rock and roll music and all that kind of stuff and with, with a bit of cowboy thrown in and and Mexican food and all that kind of stuff and there was something and, and neon lights everywhere and it was there was, it was very romantic and a, a kind of very romantic view of Americana so um you know I think the story could have taken place frankly in in, in Black Blackpool you know it could have, the, the story itself could have taken place anywhere it's it's just that I so happened to set it in in Austin um and and actually as the f- the first draft was was pretty much the first section and the second section pretty much as as part of the film but the third section the ending changed and, and the whole Nate and, and Noah Taylor's character hmm. became in 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 the, in the second or third draft became what you see in the film and and it was only through struggling to find a title um, and and having given it to a few people who liked it up until the ending, that that, that the whole Nate thing came along, and, and the whole um, thing about him being in in the CIA and and mm. and getting an honourable discharge and all that kind of stuff, and and then coming up with with the title for the film, which which I I felt worked on many different levels. But yeah, so you know, it's a story that in reality could happen anywhere, and and I I, I was always interested in in those things that well those those literally paragraph kind of box like stories and. In tabloids, which I I don't know if you've seen them, but you know which would explain how a some some man killed his lover of ten years and all that kind of stuff, and you and you just think you know the I suppose you know their crimes of passion much like red, white, and blue, and you just think you know how do people end up doing that kind of thing, and whether it's in Ipswich or indeed Austin, and and it's you know it's it's still all about human psychology mm. and stuff. So so yeah, so I I started it from a I suppose a, a humane point of view, thinking the characters. Although they're very specific, um, and and the way we kind of fleshed out, for example, Mark Center's character with with in, in the rock band, you know that 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 felt like a very Austin kind of kind of mm. kind of thing. Which if it had been said in Blackpool, would have been you know a different kind of band. You know maybe it would be more more indie like kind of rock band or something. <laughs> um, so so you know a lot of it came with of course the production design and costume and. Before before we go into more detail about that, I guess I should just rewind a second and say why what for me was 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 exciting about seeing your film, and mm. I saw I saw it when it played at Frightfest, and well, and I think this is a constant in the, in all the films that, that that I've enjoyed of yours is that is that you you set us up with a situation you give us people, but you don't you don't you don't just um, feed us with what we want. We as an audience have to work. And in a in a horror situation, and I was saying before we started recording that I was trying to sum up what Red, White, and Blue was, and I was saying that it was a harrowing tragedy mm. because there's no villains in it, but people end up doing villainous things, and all the while, you know, as the as the I guess as the as the tick in the bad box keeps growing more and more, whereas it starts off with this kind of innocent mystery that grows into a whole heap of stuff that. Means that it can only go one way, but yeah, down, yeah. The, down the pan, yeah, for everybody. Yeah, is. Um, I never knew where you were going. I felt uncomfortable for most of the film, and even when it resolved, it was like it was like it wasn't like a hopeful end. No, it was uh, a bleak, a bleak end to say the least. Um, but because it because it has such a sort of climax of violence, whereas. I guess the first three quarters of it is what a friend of mine has described when he was talking about Locke, 
as being emotional violence, you really do give us universal truths, subvert them, and then make us feel bloody awful about it. And also, I think, I think um, obviously, everybody is, everybody's a book, a book cover that we judge, and film is a great one for that, because you can go, here's someone doing something. So, obviously, here's Erica. She's fucking everything that moves. Hmm, I don't approve of that kind of thing. And then we find out more and more about her. We learn more about who she is. Mm. And we begin to soften that judgment of her. The opposite, I guess you would say, with, say, Frankie, is you go, look at him, he's in a punk rock band, look at him wasting his life. And then you go, here he is looking after his cancer dying mother. <laughs> oh, he's got a heart. And then, so, you really are playing with real simple ideas, but it's really effective because we as the audience are, are, are completely tricked by the first thing and then either disappointed or relieved, as it were, in terms of, of where it takes us. And, and the same with, with Nate. So you've got, we've got three characters and you, you're kind of your red, white and blue and it's almost like the, the film is, is three chapters where you kind of introduce them all mm. and then concentrate on one and, and, and end on, on a finale. So whose film do you, did you think it was when you started writing it? Or was it was well um again kind of you know it kind of was everyone's you know i i i, I suppose i well the film r really came f from my um er well irrational or not so irrational fear of of one night stands and you know would i catch aids from from a one night stand that mm -hmm. that that's that was where the germ of the idea came from and and how Disturbing would it be, you know, to find, you know, for all, all, all the people who've, who've who've been diagnosed with AIDS, you know, how 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 do they react to it? How do they respond to it? And you know, how you know how how do they cope with it? Um, and you know, rather rather than take, I suppose, the positives of how people coped, I th I thought it'd be interesting to put it in more of a kind of horror context. And you know, shit, my life is destroyed, and and how does that make me feel? Um, but, but I, I think, you know, it, it always started with, with Erica and, and when I, when I wrote it, I, I roughly knew where I was going. Um, but again, it, it was Erica's story really that I, I, I wanted to set her up as, as the, the main protagonist really. Mm. Um, but as you say, you know, it's, it's everything about it is, is kind of almost, you know, tri, 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 tri well, triptych or tripartite in as much, you know, which is why we... In, in the end, well, why I went for red, white, and blue, because it's, you know, three words, and, and there are three characters, and there's, it's very, I mean, most films are three acts, but this is very clearly delineated in, into three acts, you know, more so than in most films, even though the, the three-act structure is quite different from, um, you know, your traditional three-act structure. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, you know, so it, it, it is about every character. And, and as you say, you know, I wanted to show that they're all, you know, I, I wanted to subvert a few things. You know, in in a way, it was a slasher film, um, and that that was, you know, going back to the Living and the Dead. When I did that, you know, I went around the world, and people saying, you know, is 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 it a horror film? We're not sure if it's really a horror film. And I was going, well, <laughs> you know, it, it is and it isn't. And and I and so I like the idea of continuing that and and taking what is probably the, the, the most obvious kind of horror medium, um, which is the slasher film, and taking that and really subverting it and saying, well. 
it's it's not a guy running through a field with a knife trying to kill a, a naked girl. It's actually a naked girl, you know, trying to kill some guys with and not with a knife, but with her body. And and how kind of mind fucking is that? Because in theory, what should be a you know a, an enjoyable experience, you know, for most or for all concerns, suddenly turns into this nightmare. So it was taking you know quite a few things and, and playing with them really. Yeah. So for for such a um assured character as she is at the point when we meet her in the film um we're not saying a lot about men are we we are not saying a lot about men at or, all oh sorry we are saying a lot about men but it's, <laughs> it's it's not we're not that men men aren't a very complex being when it comes to someone saying or offering you sex on a plane no no and 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 again you know and you know that, that's i guess as a male you know you were saying yeah yeah wouldn't it be amazing and Someone came up and said, "Hey, yeah, let's go back to your room." And and and, and then you realise that actually, you know, the, the people who generally do that, you know, it, it doesn't happen every day, and there's probably reason that it doesn't happen every day. Um, and you or know, it happens in porn films. It, it happens in porn <laughs> films, but but apart from that, yeah, which I, ha- I haven't seen any of those recently, but uh, I've heard about them. And um, yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, I mean, I I think. It doesn't, and and I suppose also you know she is a predator, you know, mm. and and so she she understands her target, and she you know she wouldn't necessarily target people who she thought she couldn't you know sleep with. So so she does go to those, you know, she does go to bars and just waits to be approached. Mm. And and you know if you you put a girl in a bar, a single girl in a bar who's you know even if she's well let's say a pretty girl in a in in a bar by herself. At some point, a guy will start talking to her, and or, or a few guys will start talking to her. And and the reality is, most of the guys who start talking to her, that they're not going to be talking to her because they're interested in her view on politics. Yeah, or you worried know, if she's lonely, or if she's lonely, or and, and her, her emotional well-being. You know, they see an opportunity which they're going to take advantage of. Um, and little knowing, of course, that she, you know she is, you know, she's set the trap herself. Mm. Um, so you know, so for all the, all the men in the film that um, that yeah, you know, do take advantage of her, you know, they're ultimately the ones who are being taken advantage of. But you know, I think there's many many men, of course, who who wouldn't have approached her and who indeed didn't approach her. But we obviously just focus on the ones who, who do. And for a role like Erica, um, and up until that point, sort of Amanda Fuller had had some sort of in mainstream TV roles and stuff that she would have been known for. Mm. So to go from kind of more wholesome TV roles to this, I mean, it's like femme fatale with uh, turned up to 11, isn't it? In yeah, a sense. yeah, yeah. What's your conversation like in casting there as the, as the director with her? Well... Because there's no way to dress this up, is there? No, not at all. <clears throat> well, casting that film was very strange because Noah Taylor was our first choice and... and and I thought it was unrealistic, but then we found out that he lived in actually Brighton, and so so we approached his agent literally about th- three days before I was due to go out to Austin, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, is is no available? Can he read this? If if he likes it, can he meet up th- with Simon before he goes to Austin in three days?" So the agent was like, "Yep, yep, yep." So we're like, "Okay, great." Um, and so that's exactly what happens. You know, met him, and and um. He well, he he loved the script. He he wanted to meet me, of course. I think he watched *The Living and the Dead*. Um, he wanted to make sure that it, it wasn't just about the violence, which of course it wasn't. Mm. Um, and then he came back and said, "Yeah, you know, this is actually kind of what I've been wanting to do my whole life, pretty much." Um, so so we were just very lucky that it was because he, you know, he he often plays 
slightly more quirky characters, sometimes quite geeky characters. And and he's actually, you know, he's a really very interesting guy and you know he has he has quite a dark side and 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 he he just he he wanted to do something dark he wanted to play a killer basically yeah. which he, which um so so i and i'd always seen i'd always you know loved his work um you know ever, ever since his first film the year my voice broke no i'd always watch his films if if i could um so i i guess i always sensed there was something there which wasn't always on the screen which which as it turns out i was right so so casting him was was amazing but actually as these things go, about as easy as it gets, um, because you know ag agents usually try to block these things, and you know, and and then actors take you know two months to read, and 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 then and whatever. But this is like yes, 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 and, and credit to his agent as well for mm. for actually making that you know credit to Noah and the agent. So so for um, Erica, it was a lot harder. We I think we actually spoke to three actresses. At the time, who well, one's actually very well known now. One's like pretty much an A-lister. Well, actually, yeah, one has fallen off the scene completely, and and one is I don't I don't know what she's doing. But um, that and they all really liked, and they're all you know through personal connections. They all liked the script, but you know the the the, the A-lister now didn't want to do it because she'd literally done her first film opposite a a you know a Hollywood lead, mm. and then and then the the two other girls one. One had done violence before, um, the other had done sex before, and, and he, both were kind of nervous of, of, of doing both either of those things again, let alone the sex and the violence together. So they, in the end, kind of both dropped out. Um, and then we tried casting in Austin, um, and again, that just wasn't happening. He, he, we had an amazing casting director called Karen Holford, and, she, and she's like, yeah, I think this is going to be tough to cast because you know, there is quite a puritanical element to Austin people still and she said you know in reality I don't know if we've got the, the good enough actresses to do this but let's try so we tried but that wasn't working and and we are literally like I think five days before 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 principal photography and still didn't have an actress and so my manager who who um who well he wasn't my manager at the time but he was like so what are you going to do if you can't cast this role and I said well we will he said but what if you don't I said well we will he said okay let, let, let me put it another way you haven't got an actress and you're five days away from filming and, mm. and her on the first day what are you going to do and I was like well I, I don't know I think we're just carrying on casting <laughs> and, and he said okay look I've got an idea um, why don't we get an, an LA casting person on board you, she, she can do an open open casting assignment uh, or call I should say and, and let's see what happens so I was like, "Yep, sounds a great idea." So, so that's what we did, and literally, um, that happened like the next day. And I think, um, and then I, I've, and then I think we we saw. I think that forty people kind of said they were interested. I, th I think kind of twenty people read the script and said they weren't interested. Then, then another twenty or so did self-taping sessions, and I think from those self-taping sessions, I think there was literally Amanda and one other girl who who I thought were really good. Mm -hmm. Or or what was well good, um, and then so I I flew to LA, um, literally the next day, um, and saw five five girls, and so just out of interest then. So at that point where your manager said your manager Tobias said get a casting director in LA to do a shout out. Yeah. So from and that day you're five days in counting. Yeah. So when you get the we've got Amanda and this other person, and you fly to LA, how many days have passed now? Um, well, I mean, it was, I mean, literally Amanda came, 
I think pretty much on the day we started shooting. Um, and I think we may have swapped, you know, a bit of schedule around. But I mean, it literally happened pretty much, you know, night, you know, day after yeah, day after yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, can in, I ask you then, just from a kind of filmmaker point of view, mm. how do you prepare to make the film when, like, your manager's obviously implying, yeah, you've got this, you've got one one leg of a three legged stool missing. Well, it, it is a good question. I think you know something very similar happened on on um, the Living the Dead. Where it was impossible, again casting the, the lead character, we we end up using Leo Bill, and he was the only person we ever we ever saw. Literally, um, we, we saw him a couple of years before the film actually happened, after he'd come out of RADA, because our casting director recommended him. I saw him, liked him, that his quirkiness met up with him. He was great. Um, and then yeah, two years later, and he loved it. Two years later, went back to him. He was still up for it. Um, Again, Roger Roger Lloyd Pack, I think was you know we we spoke to a few people, but in the end he was the one who who really responded to it due, due to some of his personal his own personal circumstances. Um, but with with the, the character the mum, which in the end Kate Farhi played amazingly, um, it was a struggle to to get anyone to play that role. Um, and we went through, we we went through a lot of people, um, and again it was literally you know a, a few days before. Um, before we started shooting, and again, we we were just slightly despairing, really. Um, and Kate literally came in and saved the day. So I was kind of used to it, and and, and I think you know, knowing that these scripts were tough scripts, I, I I felt, and and you know, it happened with Bitch, which was my short in Little Deaths, kind of after I did Red, White, and Blue. You know, no one, we we cast and we cast, we we made offers. People people even were coming in, saying, you know. Um, yeah, you know, and 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 actually um, auditioning, but then turn, turning the part down once they'd auditioned, which was just bizarre. Um, so so you know, people you know want, wanted to do these edgy things, but actually in the, in the end, most people didn't. So so I, I'm a firm believer that in the end, that the person who wanted to do this script was out there, but we just had to find them, um, and 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 that when we did find them, they would be perfect for for the role. Um, and and yeah, you know, look, looking back and actually talking now, maybe I was being a bit kind of innocent, naive, or or, or stupid. But you know, um, but yeah. So but anyway, yeah. Th- thankfully, that's what we did. Um, I guess I guess the benefit of that is you don't, don't with with the role being such a tough role to play, is, mm. is is you don't have that lengthy period of prep time of there being some negotiation about what it is and what you're not going to do. No, no. As a, as a, as a performer in that role, and equally, you don't have to be as thinking too hard. Well, well you know, and, and it wasn't very much in the script, so it wasn't like we were pulling <coughs> any, any surprises. But, mm. but so it's in the end, you know, so went went to LA, auditioned these five girls. The, the first three, again, were really just not quite right. And mm. then and then the, there was, you know, the, the girl who I thought might have been quite good in the end, she was she was great, but she just wasn't she wasn't really right. She didn't have the concentration and the intensity. Mm. And then then Amanda came in, and um and I still roughly remember it, you know, and she was like, you know, I I read the script, and 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 a lot of the girls just didn't have very good questions, and and Amanda had like you know twenty minutes of questions, and oh, really? and she wanted to know if Milton Milton Cam was 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 the DP on it because because she loved his work. And I was like, "How does she know Milton Cam's work?" And and but she'd watched *The Living the Dead*, and 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 she, she just just everything about her, you know, she ha- she had that that kind of frailty, but that beauty, that inner strength, kind of every, everything that mm. that was really required, and, and and fearlessness as well. And you know, she, you know, because there are there obviously are sex scenes, and it's like, well, 
so just to make sure you know there are sex scenes we are looking for you know full nudity you know we'll, we'll obviously have uh, another woman on set and we'll have a closed set and all that kind of stuff but but it does require you know but, nudity but for the role itself as well you know the extreme moments aside mm. much of her performance is about is, is almost inward well it, 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 it is there's, there's not a, there's no histrionics from her character at all because of who she is before the film starts and yeah. who, what she goes through yeah, yeah, in yeah. the film so in a way once she once she's in once she's in front of camera yeah it's almost about getting a not to do stuff i imagine in terms of well, acting, it's like to to pull the role off is like less is more every time with it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, she, you know, she's an amazing actress, and mm. you know, I I still maintain, and having worked with her on Fashionista as well, of course, you know, mm. I, I still maintain she's probably one of the best actresses of her generation, and 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 you know, people people can't train to act like that, and and a lot of you know the Hollywood leads, you know, are, don't have to act like that, can't act like that, but she, she's just. You know she, everything about her as well as a person actually is amazing, but as an actress, she's yeah. You know she she can do still, she can do angry, she can do emotional, she can do violent. She you know she can she can do vulnerable, she can do everything really. Certainly from my experience, I and mean, she can she can turn it on on and off just like that. And and um and you know in in the audition, like there there was that stillness and that again that in, inequality that. You just have or you don't have. One of my favourite moments is where there's like a like a where you do like a two part to your setup and payoff, mm. where Erica basically says, "Why the hell would I want to talk to you to to Nate?" Yeah. And then as she's growing as a person within the context of the film, she comes to talk to Nate, and Nate just throws it right back at her. Yeah. But from his point of view, where he almost says word for word what she said to him. Yeah, yeah. And she's mortified, and it's yeah. a really interesting moment because. Up until that point, I don't think we've seen emotion from her at all. Yeah. But because clearly her character has decided he's a good man, I can be friends with him. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, yeah, and, and and very much, you know, the whole point of her character is that she lives she lives a very lonely life. You know, she she gets in this boarding house. She doesn't want to get close to people because she's already been damaged. You know, she, it, and and she's you know. In in some respects, you know, she's the, the biggest nutcase you never want to meet because she's decided that because she's been damaged, you know, all men are bad, and because all men are bad, she wants to, you know, harm all men, mm. which obviously, you know, is, isn't isn't great for anyone, most of all her. Um, and and it's and so she's, I think she's very deliberately trying to be, you know, alone and away from people, which is which is in the film, you know, you see her very much, you know, not interacting with other people. You know, on 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 a kind of an emotional level or even a friend friendly level, you know, and and the weird thing is, you know, she the two people she makes friends with, one is little Alan, who's the um you know the, the kid in the playground, because she, you know she doesn't feel threatened by him, but she can you know pour her love out on on him without thinking that he he will harm her in any way. And the other, of course, is is Nate, who in in the end intrigues her. Um, and 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 again, I think she senses something in him that he senses in her, and that that they're both these kind of damaged goods but 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 there's something about them that that just kind of work you know that she she in the end feels works and, and of course at some point he he actually protects her as well um yeah. now we'll get on to nate in a second but yeah. first i want to talk about frankie yeah um because what what you subverted already with the way that we go into a film is you've given us this this ice cold sort of um woman on a mission mm. and then you give us this male character who is like an emotional firework. Yeah. In comparison, he's yeah. open, he's optimistic. Yeah. 
he's he's really just full of he's obviously just full of love as far as we yep. we get from him, and then you show that even more so with with the scenes with his um, with his between him and his mother. Yeah. Um. Where where was that? Where's that coming from? Because that's I mean that, a that's not a typical male role anyway. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not a typical role for a man in a band. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like the, he's almost like the epitome of naivety in a sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're I, not cruel to him. Yeah, no, no, very, very much so. Well, again, you know, he he he. I suppose Shakespeare was saying, you know, he he's hoisted by his own petard. You know, he is his own worst enemy, but. But so does but does he deserve what he gets? Probably not. Well, well, definitely not. But um, I, I again, I I think I wanted to make a character who, you know, who ultimately we can see as a as a good person, mm. and and I I think you know him looking after his mother in in spite of all the kind of fieriness and, and the masculinity and and the drunkenness, you know, essentially like any any kind of relatively you know red blooded you know hot hot blooded red you know male of that age you know he's in he's into you know drink drugs rock and roll i mean obviously mm. not women like that but um but a lot are and and um but 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 so i wanted him to be more than just that and and it seemed that you know loving your mother is again most most men tend tend to not always love their mother and 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 i guess and i mean you know i, I the living the dead was about me um spending time with my mum who was dying of cancer so i i was very aware that i was writing a, a, another film with a woman a middle-aged woman with cancer and her son looking after her but you know and i thought do do I really want to go through that again? And in the end, I just thought, you know what, you know, it, it works in the context of the film, and and it's it's not about me and stuff. So so it was, you know, it was very much shorthand for, mm. and it could have been his dad, but but it always feels, you know, mother and son is obviously different relationship from mother and father, and and his father is in the film, and he has a kind of relationship with his father, but it's it's a little, it's a little less, um, well, it's certainly less less, uh, you know. I love I love the the that that dynamic between the three of them. Yeah, like, yeah. Like mum's just dying, and she's kind of like everything's relative. Yeah, yeah. And he obviously set, he's now gone. I'm protect, I've been protecting mum since you fucked up. Yeah, and yeah. And now you're back to try and give you a sympathy. Hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't your space anymore, and it's lovely. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and you know, and and the, and the dad's got a new girlfriend, and you know all that kind of stuff. Who who tries to be understanding, but yeah. um. So yeah, so so that that was really you know I suppose from a writing point of view is is it's probably quite a cynical device to to say. Hey, you know, even though this guy is in a rock band and he gets drunk and he does fuck around and 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 he's a bit hot headed, hot headed, and he fucks, you know, he fucks around with his employer. At heart, he's in spite of all this, you know, he's a good good person, mm. you know, and and is a positive person, and and so so hopefully the audience, you know, empathize well, sympathizes empathizes with him really because you know, you know, if if if. Any any person seeing someone loving their mum and looking after her, his mum has, has got to be you know a yeah, good yeah, good, yeah. good 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 at least in some respect. So that that's you know that really was the, the a device tool. And 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 it's tonally, no matter what film you're watching, even just in the auspices of just your film, but any the idea to go from this this lone shark of Erica, just 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 going through life mm. without any feeling, the contrast of then flipping that and giving us. Someone who's got a real purpose in life. Yeah. He's got a band to succeed in. He's got a mother to save. Yeah. And he's got good friends around him, and he's, you know, everything's all right. And it really, you really feel that that shift in tone, and you kind of go, oh, bright light. I wonder how that fits in with Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 
you as the nasty writer, don't just hit it. I mean, it, Frankie is the epitome of that of that theory, isn't it? Where get your hair up a tree, yeah. throw stones at him until he falls down. Yeah. You really do destroy Frankie. Well, well, it's it's um, you know, it is a slow burn film, mm. and 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 as a writer, it, it was an interesting task to you know do it structurally in, the, in those three very separate episodes, mm. but but also keep the momentum. From when, because I think from when Frankie, you know, is at the doctor's for the first time, and and he realizes what's happened, um, it's pretty much downhill, for, for, you know, there there onwards. So so although it is a slow burn, and you know, arguably it takes I don't know forty forty five minutes, maybe fifty minutes to get to that point, the following fifty five minutes are are relentless in in the like, mm. oh, oh my, uh, 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 it's not going to get worse. Oh shit. Oh fuck. Oh, I can't get. Oh my god. Oh fuck. And 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 it's you know and to the point that as you know it's like it, everyone everyone dies at the end basically. Because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you you kind of you give us your la- the last glimmer of Frankie's hope is obviously the great news they're about to get the support slot around Europe. Yeah. Quickly followed by you've got HIV. Yeah. Quickly followed by you've given your mum HIV. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and so so that's that's Frankie's character and it's 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 yeah it's kind of he gets everything he doesn't deserve but at the same time he's his own worst enemy which is kind yeah. of a a beautiful and horrible irony. Um, so then, so Nate, Noah's character, is, is sort of, the, what the, is, is kind of like, a ma- he's an antagonist in the sense of how, how the film ends, I suppose you could say, but he's equally an anti-hero in terms of the way the film ends at the same time, because yep. while, while he's the uh, Frankie and his friends killer, he's, he's doing it in Erica's memory, and things he does before is, is in his love towards whatever love he has for Erica and, and her life. Mm. So he's motivated by good. Yes. But what's interesting about his character for me, and, and I don't think the previous times I've watched it up until the one getting ready for this, is I hadn't really... I don't know. I think I've, I've written this one about five times and I've, before before this week, and, I'd like, and I missed, I've missed this point, because I guess when you're not writing, when you're not writing it, you're just watching. Mm. When he says dishonourable discharge from the army, and when he goes on to give his litany of uh, I used to skin cats and set fire to parrots and stuff, yeah. which is always yeah. the best way to introduce yourself to a woman, I find, is yes. to tell, yes. tell yes. me how many pets you've tortured. And to which, obviously, Eric is just like, I, oh, sorry, that's not, that's not good radio, that. I just wiped my hand across my face. Yeah. Uh, she's got a blank stare on her face, which is to say, well, wait till I tell you my story. Yeah. You yeah. can see yeah. he's going on yeah. Eric, you know. You, yeah. Might, yeah. you might have put your sister's pets up. My yeah. stepdad did me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in a sense, both of them, without saying it, create a mutual respect. Absolutely, yeah. And I think he's probably the epitome, but you do it with all of them, is that in your writing, certainly in this film, and obviously it's evident in others, is that everybody says stuff, but none of us are telling us anything. We, the audience, are having to work this out. How do you get that... How do you make sure in your rewriting you get that balance right between us understanding enough to keep going and feel momentum, Mm. but equally not just tell us... I'm a bad man. Oh, I'm a good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of shit. Well, well, I, I, I guess it's, it's called elliptical, I think, and and it's you know it, it's um. And and that that you know it is a very elliptical script, both in terms of you know progression from scene to scene, and 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 also from from you know from act to act. Um, and and part of it is you know I guess the secret is is with ellipsis is actually leaving stuff out, and it's what you choose to leave out rather than what you choose to put in mm. um and it's it's you know 
when when I wrote Fashionista, that was a very interesting process because because I I literally wrote everything as it appeared in the film, um, out of order. So um, and and there was a certain liberation in writing it out of order because I I, I felt that I could really leave the very much you know the, the telling of the important facts at the very end so it comes so again it's withholding information it's 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 yeah not telling stuff and it's withholding information mm. um and and so you know with the red white and blue the very last shot of the film is 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 um is the a picture of nate and erica in 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 their wedding outfit and so we never see that they've been married you know we never see a marriage or a wedding but but you get the impression that you know if you put it all together he's he's in bed with her and says you know I've got something really important I want to ask you and but but again th these are things that probably in reality you can only get from a second viewing or a third mm. viewing which of course not not many people do um, but yeah it, it's 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 really just having that um, I suppose confidence that that your audience isn't as stupid as as you know, your financier or your producers or whatever, and, and that the audience will put it together because because the audience, you know, has grown up watching films and, and even mm. though not every single person is going to get it and, and sometimes maybe even, you know, you, you maybe need to see it a couple of times and certainly with Fashionista, probably more than any of my films, which, you know, is 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 structurally all over the place in, in a very designed way. Um, the, the, the few people that I've... I've met about five or six people who've seen it twice, um... Or more, and, and everyone's been like, "Oh my god!" You know, so, you know, we really like the first time. The second time, it's like we 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 actually feel we understood it mm. because it's putting those pieces together. And, and red, white, and blue is is slightly different, but I I, I think there's so much detail in it. No, the, um, the, the repeat viewings of red, white, and blue. There is the, your 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 kind of choreography of setup and payoff. Because when I the first couple of times I watched this, I, and, and even the, even the second time. I never understood Nate as being anything but a deluded psychopath, mm. in a sense. Even the phone call at the end, I remember when the film finished, I was like, the, certainly the first time I watched it, I was thinking, is he really having a conversation with someone about a job in this guy? Is this is yeah. this just part of his dance in his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.